Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us for part two of what turned out to be a great two-part interview with the founders of Entree Pastors, John Sanders and Les Hughes. What is Entree Pastors, you may ask? Well, I'm so glad you did ask. Amen. There's no doubt many, many pastors are leaving the active full-time church pastorate due to finances. Many pastors are facing financial issues, especially in this era of trying to return from the COVID lockdowns and all that. Many of these ministers that were barely hanging on were forced to take full-time jobs to support their families during the lockdown. Now, many of them, for the first time in years, are breathing an air of financial independence, which is causing them to contemplate actually leaving the ministry in order to continue providing for their families and their future as well. It's not an easy decision to make, but as we learned in part one, it is one that's being contemplated for a variety of reasons. To help those pastors who really, truly want to stay in the pastorate, or if you're in any area of ministry and would like to have additional financial freedom, Entree Pastors is for you. John Sanders and Les Hughes formed Entree Pastors to help ministry professionals find ways to earn additional, possibly full-time income in order to continue the important work of the ministry while still providing for their families' needs and their futures as well. Now let's jump back into this conclusion of the interview with John Sanders and Les Hughes of Andre Pastors. You know, I know you both advocate for that diversification of income streams. Can you share with us some of the benefits, not just for pastors, but in reality, almost everyone listening to us as well, how important that is to have that diversification of income? Well, the the word I'll sum, summarize it in one word: health. I, I think you're you're healthier when you have uh, when you're diversified, right? Like when you you're a little bit more at risk when you have one income source coming from a church who's really the sole business model, if I can use that word for the church, is hand out donations. Like we need God's people to give, which I believe in that. I believe that's a biblical concept. But when that's our only source of revenue for the church. And then my salary is 100% dependent on the giving and the obedience and faithfulness of God's people. That's a risky place to be. And it's not the most healthy, like you heard Les's story, you know, where where people can use that as leverage against you in in leadership. So I, I see immediate benefit for the pastor and their family right out of the gate. Like this is going to help the the pastor be healthy, which in turn is going to help the church be healthier. I, I have this crazy concept that healthy pastors lead healthy churches. I don't think unhealthy pastors do a good job of leading a healthy church. And and then when when the pastor's doing well financially, it can take a significant amount of pressure off of the church. You know, the church benefits as well, again, by the delegation we talked about earlier, as, as more people are being required to step up and do the stuff God has really gifted them to do in the first place, the, the work of ministry is being spread out throughout the body of Christ, and now there's some financial pressure being relieved from the church. I'm not saying a church should not still keep 
paying their pastor. That's another little annoyance of mine that sometimes we talk about bivocational from a standpoint of a pastor gets the privilege of working a full-time second job so that they can do their ministry habit for free. And I'm not a fan of that. I still think the church should pay their pastor because the labor is worth their wages, right? But it does take some pressure off if if the church goes through a financial difficulty, if they, they hit a, an issue where it's like, man, we, we need some margin in the budget. If the pastor has one or more streams of income from something they're doing in the marketplace makes it very easy for the pastor to go, Hey, let's take care of this other stuff. We can figure my stuff out later, you know, and it takes a lot of pressure off of the church. We also know pastors that, you know, they give 100% of their church salary back to the church. And that's, I I applaud that that's between them and the Lord for them to make that generous, you know, gift back. They don't need it necessarily because of how well they're doing in their, their other businesses, But I'm still a fan of the church paying that pastor the salary, and then you know they can do with it what they want. But the church benefits as well. We think it's a good thing when pastors are out in the marketplace. Amen. Amen. Something else that does too is it really forces uh, the the person that's busier because there we have our hands in more things. It ironically it it forces you to be better a better steward of the 168 hours that God's given every one of us in the week. Sometimes we have a question from people. I know how busy pastors are already. So how in the world you're, you're wanting to put more bricks on their wagon. Well, first of all, we're not, we're trying to help people that just want to do that anyway, but man, let's just talk about some people around us or the people that we see on our, on our newsfeed each day that are achieving unbelievable things in the world. And they've got the same 168 hours that every single one of us. So it is possible. And, you know, personally, I'm at a season of my life right now where, you know, our, we have an empty nest now. And although we still see our family a lot and we're with them sometimes day to day, the, uh, the, the demands on time has changed. And so now I can still, be there and shepherd my church family and lead them and equip them and and do the things that God's called me to do. But the, I do have that margin right now where it wouldn't be healthy for me to sit around and flip through social media or just fritter time away or you know uh, channel surf through Netflix or whatever. I, my hand needs to be doing something yeah. that's going to be productive and that's going to move the and, and grow the kingdom and equip these pastors in the next generation to do what God's called them to do. So um, that's that's a little bit different subject maybe than what you ask about, but yeah, there are just there are lots of benefits for for this lifestyle for those that choose to do it. Amen. Amen. And then you know it seems like a lot of sentiment is you know well if the pastor has all this money then he's not going to be serving God. He's serving man, you know, by doing that. And, you know, you hear that old adage, you know, when I entered the ministry, it was out in central Texas. So there's a saying out in central Texas, Lord, you keep the pastor humble. We'll keep him poor. Amen. You know? Amen. <laughs> and that seemed to be the mentality out there, but yeah. is it, and then you hear all these people complaining about the pastor having too much money. Right. Yeah. Is it okay for a pastor or minister to be independently wealthy and financially secure? 
I think the answer is 100% yes. I, I also think it's interesting how generous we often want to be with other people's resources and, you know, assign <laughs> assign what others should do with their with their wealth while Amen. we don't follow the same for our, ourselves. Here's, here's what I see is I do see some extremes in our culture that cause many of us in the Christian community to like pull away from that. When we see that preacher on late night TV calling for you to plant a seed of faith and, you know, send us your thousand dollars. And then, and then we see them living a lifestyle of, you know, excessive wealth and abundance. I don't have an issue with the lifestyle. I think where we get turned off by that is when it's coming on the backs or seemingly coming on the backs of people who are donating their money to go to the work of God. And so I think a lot of us pull away from that and we go, oh, that's icky. But in the church, I'm here to say there's a there's another ditch on the other extreme where most of, I think, evangelical Christianity hangs out. And it's it's the scarcity gospel. It's the poverty gospel that has come to equate poverty with righteousness. And somehow the more broke I am and the less I have, the more spiritual I am. And, and even if we don't hold that for ourselves, we just we like the idea of a pastor that's not doing very well financially. We've come to term kind of term give that the terminology the starving pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that 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 thought of the starving artist out there. Well, a lot of people are very content with the pastor who's not doing well financially and we're not comfortable with a pastor that is like you said independently wealthy. I mean, most churches that we know of, a pastor would not really be able to walk in on a Sunday morning and stand up and say, I just want to give glory to God. This has been the best week in my business I've ever had. We just closed a huge deal. I just got a big commission on whatever, you know, most church people would not sit back and applaud that. They would go, I don't know if we're okay with our pastor doing so well financially. I don't know how to solve that problem, but it's there. That tension is real. It's one of the ways we're serving our community is providing that space where pastors can celebrate those wins, where we can applaud that not because we're putting money above God or worshiping money or chasing after that, but where we've we're okay having some of it. We we think that when good people that have been called to serve God and serve others have money, we think they can do some good things in the world. So why would we not want our pastors thriving? And if our pastors are thriving again, I think they'll lead their churches to thrive as well. It's it's interesting to me when we see such a poverty spirit in the church today. We're being led by pastors who much of the time are in that place of scarcity, limited thinking. And so it's no coincidence that the people we lead are also there as well. So something needs to change and it needs to start with leadership. That's us. Yeah. Yeah. And and these pastors also have, they're doing, they have that attitude from a spirit of humility. They really do. Um, You know, but they still, it's healthy to be able to celebrate that in the right environment. So just to give you an example, I spoke with one of the members of our community yesterday. He's actually in uh, the mastermind group where people of high, high level, not only high level leadership, pastoral skills, but um, entrepreneurship can come in and celebrate. So he put together this deal like, man, God just brought it to him. He's a church planner. He's also a chaplain as a first responder in fire services, and he deals with real estate. He's an employer. He's a good boss. Mm-hmm. You would want to work for that. There are a lot of terrible bosses out there yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and selfish bosses yeah. and, and narcissistic bosses. This guy's a servant leader. He takes care of his team, of his employees. They have 
good benefits. They have insurance. They're able to provide for their family and be, he's a trustworthy employer. He did a deal. He's got a deal going. That's going to be multiple seven figures. Mm. That's going to bless many, many people. Can you just imagine him on the stage on a Sunday morning, sharing that with his people? It doesn't make them awful people. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just hard to do that. So for now he can come into this other environment with high level leaders and say, check this out. Guys, here's what's going on. And they will celebrate that and learn from it as well. Tell me more about that. How'd that go down? And then they'll go out to do it themselves. So yeah. that's that's the the that's the healthy, uh, a healthy right. look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, I, and I'm sure there's some pastors out there that that you know are are saying to themselves right now, you know, well, if I had all this extra income coming in from an outside business. And, and we needed some type of financial thing in the church, you know, new roof or whatever. And I asked people, okay, you know, we're making a, you know, a special collection just for the roofing fund or whatever it is. They might be like, well, you got the money, you take care of it. You know, is, is this an issue you hear in, in with some of your clients? That's a good question. I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't think I've, that's ever really come up in our community that that's been an issue. Um, no, but what has come up is the pastor setting. We we've got a member. I'm I'm thinking about Jody, John, and he'll set the example, much like yeah. David did in the Old Testament when it came time to setting aside an offering for the temple. You know, David's David's uh, when that threshing floor was going to be given to him, and he and he refused to say, "No, I'm going to pay for it because I'm not going to give an offering that costs me nothing." And that was a great example for Amen. the people. Um, to to follow suit because that leader was stepping off. So you know, in a healthy, I, I would say that 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 scenario certainly could happen, but that doesn't sound like a very healthy environment. There's some other issues at play in a scenario like that. I think it'd be more common for the people to be encouraged because the pastor and his wife and family are setting the example. Mm-hmm. And that leads me to another quick thought. Just another benefit that we see in all of this. Much of the time when you have a pastor that is also successful in the marketplace, there's a level of validation that comes in the eyes of of others in the congregation, maybe even in the community as a whole, Uh, certainly from the business community, certainly from a lot of men that kind of look at their pastor and say, he gets it. He gets our world. He gets how to be faithful and successful with money principles out in the marketplace. That's not really true of probably your average church pastor. Like they're not viewed that way. They're viewed as someone who maybe is disconnected from the marketplace. They don't understand what what goes on out here. And if I give them a big check, they're just going to spend it on something or not manage it well. Like we would be forced to manage it in the marketplace where results are an issue. Like we are, we're held accountable for results. Sometimes in the church world, it's like, Hey, give us your money, and um, you know the results may not be there. So, so we see we see a lot of um, benefit there too, where a pastor is really validated in the eyes of those that they lead when they understand they understand how business works. Yeah. They get it. I mean, what are some of the ways that a pastor can launch their own business? Like I said, you know, a lot of times they're like, I got you know, go to the hospital. I got visit those that are in the, you know, shut-ins. I got those who are sick. I have to go visit. I got do this. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to get ready for the, you know, Tuesday night, ladies meeting, the Wednesday night, men, you know, prayer session, Thursday night, men's meeting, you know, Friday night, youth meeting and, you know, all, how do they, 
what are some ways they can launch their own business with the time that they feel they have or have not? We know it kind of goes back to what Les said earlier. It's one of the reasons we love helping pastors become entrepreneurs because it forces that issue. I don't think it's healthy what you just described. And that is the normal lifestyle of many pastors. I think we need to stop doing that yesterday. Uh, I think there's about two things in that list that you just read that the pastor should really be doing. And the rest of that should be handed off to the body of Christ that is a you know a gathering of multiple body parts that are better equipped to do that uh, work, but it it forces that issue right because a pastor can't. The simple answer is you can't. You can't launch yeah. a business and and be that overworked, underpaid employee of a church. Something has to give, and so our our recommendation is that what needs to give is some of that on the church side, letting go of certain things, handing off certain things, making sure they're getting done, but not necessarily by you. Now you've got some margin to do this thing that you want to do, you know, to start this other business and and uh, have the, the time to focus on that. So that that's really the simple answer. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the the nuts and bolts of going about establishing that business, there's a couple of things that can be done. If it would be all right to give your um, listeners a free resource, we can just start on some of the things that we do. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, anybody that wants to see us, um, a resource that will first of all give you give about 50 ideas just as prompters starters 50 ideas that today someone with a ministry background or a pastor could start to do there's that and and uh as well as a a, a template or a road a, the beginning of a roadmap just to start plotting out some points for an entrepreneurial journey and if you want to go to entrepastors.com forward slash start that will have that will get you will email you that uh, resource. So you just put in your email address. We'll send that to you. Entrepastors.com forward slash start. And if I'm just having a conversation with somebody that says, "All right, well, I have this. I've got this skill that I can do. I've got this service I can perform. I've got this content that I can put out there." I'd say that is awesome, but really the place to start is the people that you want to serve. Start with people, not the prop. Most a lot of people make the mistake, in our opinion, of starting with that product, and that tends to be a little self-serving. But we are servant leaders, and so if you think about what, who's the group of people that God's called me really to serve and help or grow, and then you start asking the question, how can I best do that? And that might be with a online platform like the one that you have, or writing ministry, or it might be, it might be a. um, um, a pressure washing business <laughs> like someone in our community has. I mean, it could it could look like a lot of things, an e-commerce business, a real estate business. If you want to help families, you know, find the best place for them to live during that season of their life. I mean, it just really all begins with the people that you want to serve. Amen. Amen. You know, I mean, I've had a pastor that was car repair, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, that was his main job. And, you know, it's one of the, parishioners had a car problem with, you know, the, the, you know, the little old lady who only drove to church on Sundays from Pasadena, you know, type thing. And her car broke down. She, you know, living on a fixed income, you know, he'd go over there and fix the car, you know, and just charge her the parts for it, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes he'd actually pay for that too. But, mm. you know, as I say, another pastor I knew, he was an electrician. So if someone had an electrician, I'll come on, I'll, I'll get it fixed for you type thing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, but, they had their own businesses 
still being a pastor, but they were able to minister, uh, you know, and had absolutely nothing to do. Now it was me. I, I pray when I change a light bulb, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let alone start cutting wires. Oh Lord have mercy. But, <laughs> well, you know what? God has given us an unbelievably helpful gift during this time. And it's called YouTube. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Go watch somebody else do it and (laughs) and figure it out and then you can do it too. Amen. But you know, with, with these different, everything that's available out there, let's put it like that for someone, a minister uh, to launch their own business. There's also some things I think they probably need to be careful about, you know, like, you know, some of the network marketing activities out there, you know, like Amway and others that, that it could be seen, you know, if, if they're going down that road, it might be some type of coercion or something, you know, like, well, my pastor wants me to, to sign up for this type thing. Mm -hmm. So I think they need to be careful in what they get into as well. For sure. I would, I would encourage discernment there. You know, it's like, um, it's, it's, if a pastor say is that mechanic you talked about and one of their church members comes to the shop with their vehicle, like, is it okay for the pastor to do that, to fix their car for my, I think the answer is sure. Absolutely. But there is a, there is a weird dynamic. There or something just to pay attention to, because you don't want to come off as, as you know, I'm here trying to get money from the people that I'm leading in my business. But yeah. I also want to call out a mindset thing behind that because a subtle limiting belief that is there is that somehow to sell is sleazy or that there's a one-sided transaction taking place. Mm -hmm. If you have a healthy viewpoint of what selling is, that selling is actually serving, then I think it's totally okay for a pastor to serve their congregation in a different context in, you know, solving a problem for them in the marketplace. But I I still would say a, a word of caution, not to view your congregation as your primary marketing audience, you know, that you're trying to sell to. So definitely some discernment is needed there. Um, When one of the things I've helped a number of pastors do is launch a business as a coach in in various arenas. I think pastors have a natural skill set, many of them for coaching and coaching. It's interesting. You bring it into the, the pastoral world. We call it pastoral counseling. And much of the time, it's just expected to be given for free you know, on Tuesday night during supper time when your family's eating and you need to go meet with someone who's not been, you know, taking care of their marriage for 12 years and now they want you to fix it, right? You you go out of the church world into the marketplace and you call that same type of counseling coaching and you're still helping people identify their problems, find solutions to their problems and move forward. Uh, All of a sudden that can be rewarded very lucrative um, in a, in a coaching business. So, but I've helped pastors do that. But again, I tell them like caution them. Don't, don't try to get your church people to be your coaching clients. Like I would, I would offer a real word of warning not to do that, you know, or Mm -hmm. to be very discerning about which potential client you might allow to hire you in that kind of a relationship if you're serving as their pastor. So, yeah. 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 Amen. A lot of times, it'd be better uh, if you had, I'll just use you two as an example, you know, John, someone came up and you're, you're like, hmm, you know what, let me set you up with a friend of mine. I'll have you talk to pastor less, you know, right. that, that way one, it's a recommendation. So it's all, you know, less is already validated in that person's eyes. Yeah. And two, they'll understand, you know, that you didn't want to get involved in the personal situation because of the dynamics of the church type. Right. Thing. I mean, right. so yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Amen. Amen. And let's say 
a, a pastor, a minister, professional does start their own side business and it becomes extremely successful, as Les, you alluded to, where can they go to share that win? Because if they start sharing their success with church members, I can see some parishioners come calling, you know, knock, 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 uh, pastor, you know, I need help with a car payment or, you know, uh, Christmas presents or whatever the case, we're asking for handouts and things like that. And I know pastors will be generous with their finances. I mean, that's just part of the mindset, you know, that's the dynamics of, of being a believer like that. But, you know, how can they celebrate their victories without it causing additional stress? On everything they got going, you know, uh, with yeah, it's back to discernment again and uh, having a sense of what that safe person or who those safe people are. I would suggest uh, that's another good reason for the pastor to have friendships and relationships outside of the local fellowship of believers that he's in. That's only one reason to do that. And so just, you know, no matter what we do professionally, there are some people that are safer than others, and there are actually some relationships that are very toxic, and we need to keep them a little more at arm's length. And that's that's true. It's just as true of people that are in the role of, of pastor or, and lead pastor. So I would say if you, if in our world right now, in this, in this entrepreneurial space as well, it's possible to find a group, not, and it may not be ours. It may not be entre pastors. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful community. And as John, I've looked around, we haven't seen what we uh, are providing out there, at least not the way that we're doing it. And so I would say join a, whether it's a mastermind group or a pastor's cohort, they're given different names depending on who's leading them and what they actually do. But they're out there if you'll do some homework and, and find out and, and find a place where it is not only safe, but it's encouraged to celebrate that and to mentor somebody else who might want to be where you are. Because no matter where you are, you're always a few steps ahead of somebody else. And so it's, it's that whole Paul, Barnabas, Timothy sorts of relationships where you really need that person that's just ahead of you to help to help you get there. And you need those colleagues that are the the peers that are alongside of you. And then you need somebody like a, a Timothy or a Titus to pour yourself into as well. Amen. So we would love to have a conversation about that. If you're not, a, if you're not, maybe you're not beginning, you're a little bit more seasoned and you want a place where you can take things to another level then, man, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to have that conversation with you. But if you don't join what we've got going on, there there are others. Just be be in some environment where you can celebrate that and then learn more. I, I want to double down on that if I can. There are no other options. We are the only one, and you should join our group. So that's what I know. I'm, I'm joking, but I will say I this. corrected. I will say this, uh, for me, a few years ago, this was a pivotal transformational moment in my life. And it's when I joined a group like what Les is talking about. And I got to say something to the pastors listening and even just some, even whether you're a pastor or not, these groups are not free. And if you are looking for free, you're going to get what you pay for. Make the investment into yourself by getting into Amen. that group that will not only celebrate your wins, but push you to become everything that God has made you to be. When I got into a coaching group like that, it changed everything for me. My perspective on what I was doing as a pastor and how I was serving and how I was showing up in the world 
it all changed as a result of being in a weekly gathering with some high-level, high-achieving people that are just operating at a little bit different plane than most of the people we're leading in our church. I know that sounds elitist. I don't intend for it to sound arrogant, but it's true. It is. So many of the people that we serve and just people in life are kind of living average or below average lives. They get up, they go through a mundane routine, they come home and watch TV, they haven't read a book in 20 years, they're not interested in growth and personal development. Pastor, you you can serve those people, you can love those people, do not run with them. You need to get in a group that will call you to be everything God's made you to be. And that's where I think with Entree Pastors, we provide a very unique thing because we it's both. It's pastors who understand the ministry side of things but we also understand the business side. And yeah, I think you'd be hard pressed to find that dynamic in a lot of circles out there. So make the investment, get in that kind of a group. We don't take everyone for our entree pastors mastermind. It's a, you know, it's a application process. We do screen people for that because we want a very healthy community and we want to protect that. So, but it's worth the investment. So I just wanted to put a big exclamation point on what Les said. Amen. Amen. Well, gentlemen, this has been so interesting. I love what you're doing to help full-time, part-time ministry professionals just add some additional income streams to support their families and their life. I mean, if someone has a question or they want to find out more information about Entree Pastors and all that you do, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? EntreePastors.com. That's our web address, and you'll find everything you need there from being able to subscribe to the podcast, the blog, the social media channels. It's all there. So EntreePastors.com. Amen. Folks, what you just learned today can work for you, no matter what your vocation is. Yes, we've been talking about helping those in full-time, part-time ministry. But if you stop and think about it, what John and Lester have shared today with us could work for you. Really, no matter what your J-O-B is, amen? But if you are in the ministry, if you are a pastor, you need to get in touch with John and Les, find out how Entree Pastors can help you to create the financial freedom and peace of mind that comes with that. Just, just think of the additional ministry opportunities if you only had the extra income. Not only would you be supporting your family and make them better off, but you could do those extra ministry things that you've always wanted to do that will bless the body of Christ and in ways that only the Lord knows about right now, but that you've always wanted to do. Amen. So drop down below in the show notes, click the links right there, reach out to John and Les and Entree Pastors right now. John Sanders, Les Hughes, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. I just pray God continues to open doors, more more doors for you and to continue to bless the work that you're doing helping others. And thank you so much. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you. It sure has. Thank you. Amen, folks, that is all the time we have for today. For John Sanders and Les Hughes, it's Pastor Bob Romano, and you be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.
Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.